Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. We have Pastor Caesar. Yo. We have James here. Hey, hey. And we got a bunch of special guests. We got the Hatley boys in here today. We got Adam. Yo, what to do? We got Luke. What's up? And we got Noah. Hi. <laughs> uh, so today, man, how you guys doing? I'm, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the Hatley population in this room. I right know. Now. This ain't, and this all, ain't of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to run the world, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. James, how you been? I have had a ridiculous probably 36 hours now. Yeah. yeah. Tell a us about solid, it. All right. Here we go. So I had me and Ben played a show last night. With your band, Eucalyption. Yeah. I mean, it was just. Eucalyption.com? Doc. What? Put anywhere. All the plugs in. in. At. Anything, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, whatever, at everywhere. Uh, yeah, we played this weird show last night. It's a friend of mine, he's like a local comedian guy, and so it's it was a show of like six or seven comedians all doing like five ten minute slots or whatever. And then we were supposed to open it up with like four songs, a few comedians go, and then we play another four or five, and then they had a few more, and then that was the show. And it's supposed to start at eight, and I was going to get there at six because we had a lot of stuff to set up. And uh, we were on track to get there at about 5.43. So I was crushing it about on time. About 5.43. Right about. Exactly 5.43. And uh, we were like 10 minutes away, and I got a flat tire mm. in the Astro van. Mm. And, uh, and the bad thing was we were on the freeway, I-10, downtown, in the left-hand lane. So we ended up on the left side of the road. Oh, like fast lane. The worst spot. And uh, if I say, hey, whatever, we got to change this tire, let's knock it out. Real quick, real quick, wasn't there a big protest on I-10 yesterday? I don't know. It might have just been us. In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were protesting the guy in the fast lane with a flat tire. <laughs> no, I wasn't blocking traffic, but I was like on the left side of the road. No, I don't know. I didn't see anything about it. But, uh, but the problem is my van is filled to the brim with gear oh uh, drums speakers heavy. all sorts of stuff and uh so you can't anyway so i got a uh, my back hatch has had this history of randomly breaking so you push the button to like it, it does some little mechanical thing and it like unlocks it and then you can pull it up uh it's broken on me like three or four times in the past it's like these cheap little plastic parts that keep breaking anyway so i opened it up at my house about 20 minutes before mm. to unload it, to, to load everything up. Get there, and you have to open the hatch to because it's one of those things where you got like crank down the spare tire or whatever. Yep. You have to have the door open to do it, <laughs> and it didn't work. So I had to, so I'm like crawling through my van on top of everything, and it, I had to take like 20 minutes to like take my back door apart so I could open oh the back goodness. hatch. I get it, and now it's, and we're supposed to be there at six o'clock, right? It's like 555. And, but I'm thinking smooth sail, and it's also raining, by the way. Oh, yeah. Of course it's raining. And there is a, a little mini river going right where we need to stand to change the tire, just because why not? <laughs> and um, I get the back hatch open, though. I said, smooth sailing now. All I got to do is change the tire, and that's easy. And uh, lower the tire down. We go to start taking uh, the lug nuts off. And there's another history here in my van that's happened to me two separate times, and I don't understand how this keeps happening. 
But the lug nuts on my van, just on random tires here and there, they'll get rounded off on the end. So when you go put the tool on it and try to turn it, it does it doesn't grip onto anything. Oh. And so three of the six lugs oh, on that tire were like wow. that, and they wouldn't come off. And a long story short, we sat on the side of the road for like two and a half hours waiting for tow trucks and this and that and that. Uh, I ended up getting towed to the gig. Um, the it, we were it was supposed to start at eight. We got there at like nine o'clock, and uh, then we still had to unload everything. Like and acoustic then, set. No, we still had to we had, we had to put the, everything together uh, like in front of a crowd. Which if you've ever had to do anything mm-hmm. setting up in front of a crowd is the super total stressed. worst. Yeah, and it's like dark up there. Mine's like. Pl- plugging in cables into certain spots that's like 80 percent of my setup and the guy's telling these like knee slapper jokes Dude, or whatever it, while you're doing it it was just ridiculous and uh, and i'm also disgusted because i've been crawling on the cement in the rain like you should I, it was just the nasty i stepped in water my shoes were like just you know the socky like oh, <laughs> for like six hours there and then after the sh- and so the show went you know, it started like an hour, 45 minutes late or something. Wow. So by the time it's over, it's almost midnight. And then I still got to load up on my gear and I still have a flat tire. And I can't change because we can't get the lugs off. And so I had to like, I had to put half of my gear in Tara's car. And then I got a friend uh, that happened to be there. Luckily put half the stuff in their car. And then we drove up. We, by the time we got home, everything unloaded. It was like one thirty in the morning or something. Still just, made it to church this morning. Still made it to Early church. Service. First one there, BT does. But uh, <laughs> and then I, and I blew. And I told y'all on the last one, my voice was all messed up, and I've been slowly gathering voice strength all week. And then I blew it out last night again. But I had just enough to do the one song this morning. Yeah. So we made it through. But then I still after church I had to go get my van. So me and my dad went down there. He's got all his stuff. You know, he, we what. We ended up having to do to get it off. Was he's got his little hand torch, and he was uh, he's just like heating it up, heating it up, and then just hammering on once mm-hmm. too small, and we just crank it off, and it was it was a nightmare. But wow. so that was why I, I was, suggest you just buy all new lugs. I did. Oh, oh and man. then that's funny because so my dad's like, no, I'm not putting on any other lugs. We're gonna go get new ones, and he's like, you wait here, and I'll go find a local place real quick, and I'll get them. And we're like in the middle of downtown, so. I'm sitting there. He comes and I said it's an 05 Chevy Astro van. Oh, and he comes back and uh, he's like, "Yeah, they didn't have the right sizes, but I got these." It, so they're all different sizes, but they're still like the tire tool side is different sizes. But he bought a little uh, tire tool. It's got like four different sizes. He's like, "Yeah, it's kind of rigged up now, but this will work." And these, anyway. And I'm like, I'm trying to screw them on. And I'm like, Dad, these are too small. They're all too small. They're not coming on. He's like, you said a 1995. (laughs) I said, no, sir. Well, first of all, his van doesn't look 1995. Yeah, it's like 95. I know it's old, but geez. So then he had to go back and he bought some more. And I told you, I have, it's got six lug nuts on it. And he, I, so I had one good one that was like a brand new one that I had already, because I've had this issue before and I had replaced them. And uh, he comes back. And I'm like, Dad, I'm short one lug nut. He's like, you just need to... F- I bought four more. And I was like, well, I need six. And <laughs> anyway, we fixed it up. That was why we pushed back the uh, time, because I was downtown in the rain again. Right. I still changed the ice. I still about, got dirt all on me. It's, how about the people that were there to you know enjoy the night? Were they all mad? No. Um, they were actually pretty happy. Though. Yeah, they were all cool. 
Because it was at like a sports bar, so they were just hanging out yeah, anyway. Yeah. So did you, did you get to sell any merch or anything like that? I didn't get to sell anything because we got there so late. Right. They would have let me, but it was just yeah. Everybody's like, "Let's get this show going." Right. Was, what was the funniest joke you heard? There wasn't really that many funny jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was mainly just this one guy that was heckling everybody, and mm-hmm. all the comedians were just ragging on him for basically the whole night. Mm. Wow. And I guess there's like. All the go-karts are out tonight. Y'all keep hearing that going back and forth up and down the street. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Oh, bike. Dirt bikes. They out there. We out here in the country, so they on their, <laughs> they on their uh, motorcycles or whatever. every single day. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, that's how I've been going. So how was your song this morning? You got to lead a song this morning right off the bat, too. Like, no no warm-up. You was, you was praying it out and leading it out. You came yeah. in hot, man. Yeah. I came in hot, man. I don't know. I didn't have any voice cracks. That was that was good. That <laughs> was, was like my main concern. I think people were genuinely like, "What? what what's, what's going, going on? on?" Yeah, no. Because they're you know they're either you're up in the sound booth or you're playing drums. Or... Yeah, I, I had the same experience. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I'm not supposed to be under the lights." Yeah, I like that weird. we I like that we played a an old school song. I yeah, mean, for sure. You know, that's, a, that's what uh, Victoria she said. And old school. I remember this one in high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that that's cool. why whenever people complain, like y'all played new songs. Songs. Nah, this one's like 15 years old. It's right. funny when we used to play that one, uh, that was like a, it was too hip. Yeah, it was too edgy. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. you know what I mean? That was a youth song. Yeah, and now yeah. I think it's kind of it's kind of more reserved almost in a sense. Yeah, it doesn't it's not, it don't build up super big or anything like that. It doesn't that. have any controversies in it like, you know, reckless love, you know, yeah. that when that one came out. Yeah, I don't think there's any YouTube love videos. Is not reckless. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's hop right in. Culture Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to go. I'm about to go. Shout out to my boy Mark Quayar. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Let him know. Let him know. He's just about to go. He's got to flow. No, this this Saturday, uh, this this last Saturday, we were helping out at a food drive, and then uh, Mark, Mark, a guy that goes to our church, there, faithful listener to the Refuge Project, as well as other shout and, uh, out to other faithful listeners. Yeah, and also Mark is a, a, a great employee of mine. Oh, there he you works. Go. He works for me too. Oh, yeah, but speaking of uh, listeners, we want to shout out to Belgian, Belgium, Belgium in the building. There we go. We love your waffles. Yes, they coming in this month. We appreciate it. We got all the other countries that's been here before. United Kingdom showed back up. They've been missing for a few weeks, and they're back in, on the board again. So thanks for joining in with all of our faithful listeners. Mm-hmm. So here we are in Culture Corner. Pastor Caesar, what you got? Well, I'll bring you another update on uh, Hillsong, um, uh, Hillsong Church. Um, we, uh, throughout the last few months and episodes, we've brought you different updates and different things, especially concerning uh, Carl Lentz, which was probably their most high-profile pastor that they have. Um, but uh, this one's not necessarily about him, but um, USA Today um, released a, uh, an interview with the founder, Brian Houston. He's the global pastor. That's what they titled him, the global pastor. He's not even the lead pastor. He's the global pastor. Um, and uh, he finally, the, the title here says, Hillsong founder Brian Houston opens up about church's controversies and ex-pastor Carl Lentz. And in this interview, it's about a nine-minute interview, um, they just talk about uh, just the kind of season that Hillsong has been in, where where his head is at, and how... Um, 
on how I guess popular culture views the church and you know should pastors have more accountability and and all that it, it, it was you know it was a good interview but uh, there was this one portion here and if you want to queue up that uh, that clip right there um, they talk just talking about some different controversies that they've had. Right, and this was on the heels of last week we, us talking about the Dallas campus that mm-hmm. was uh, temporarily shut down because of a failure of the pastor there, too. Mm-hmm. But we'll go ahead and listen to this clip. The firing of Lentz in New York opened the floodgates for Hillsong. In the months that followed, a senior staffer in New Jersey resigned over what a church spokesperson says was an inappropriate message on social media. Hillsong announced its pastors in Dallas resigned. The church there closed. A letter to New York leadership in 2018 surfaced alleging abusive behavior by church leaders. Other former congregants from Australia to the U.S. told today some volunteers were overworked. In my mind, if one... Yeah, so what they were talking about there is just kind of the different scandals that have come to light. Um, um as far as you know things that people have known but now because Carl Lentz has you know is that he put a spotlight on Hillsong now everybody's looking a little closer and um yeah you know like we mentioned before in uh, the church in Dallas here in Texas um the, the pastor had to resign and uh, well actually they 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 got fired but uh, and that was due to money uh money issues and things but um in the course of that conversation that they had that interview you know they were talking about how you know the church's responsibility to all these things and how you feel and is it right and and uh, they ask them they ask them the question you know can a church be too big have you gotten to that space to whenever you know can the church be too big and if it is when do you think about downsizing? And his response, uh, and that's Pastor Brian Houston, he says, no, I don't think a church can get too big. Um, um, it's just you have to manage it well. And he starts talking about we have to put procedures and policies in place. Later on in the same interview, right at the end, whenever it was just the uh, anchors talking about it, um, you know, they were saying, man, he made it sound like it's a business. And, uh, you, you know, and, and to those that aren't familiar with church the way that a church moves as far as from their hierarchy, it, it is a business. You're just not in the business of making a profit. You're in spiritual business. Yeah. You're in kingdom business. And uh, the more people you have, the more things that you have to put in place in order to make sure that that runs smoothly. Everything runs there uh, as it should. So um, one of the things, one of the big takeaways that I took away from Brian Houston, and I've heard his messages over the years, but as far as from a PR perspective, that guy's amazing. I mean, he can just answer very controversial, hot-button topics in a way that you don't get mad at him. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we have another popular Houston, uh, Houston leader here that is, uh, has, he's a pastor of uh, one of the biggest churches in, uh, well, the biggest churches in North America. And he got into some hot water whenever he answered Larry King on, on uh, some subjects about, you know, is, is Jesus the only way to heaven and all these other things. But uh, one example that I want to give you of uh, how just brilliant of a PR Pastor Brian Houston is, is uh, it's right here in this next clip. Beyond the scandals, Hillsong is facing the cultural tensions of a rapidly expanding evangelical Christian church in a society where norms are changing quickly. Gay members of Hillsong have had difficult experiences, some who have said they've even felt suicidal after their experiences. Why do you think that has happened? Look, I want us to get better at uh, the way we communicate and embrace and work with people who are gay 
I don't have any personal bias at all against gay or lesbian people. But unfortunately, as a pastor, you don't represent what you think, you represent what the Bible says. And so at this point, we still are conservative on, on the subject of active gay relationship, etc. But it's a journey. But everyone's welcome. Many, many people who are gay come to Hillsong Church. Now. Yeah, so what do you think about that? I mean, I think he's right on. I think he hit it on, on the head. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that the church is going to have to deal with more and more because there there's going to be a, a lot of gay people that grew up in the Christian background that have decided to do, uh, you know, have the relationship with the, the the same sex, but still want to keep their relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and we do a good job as people to segment our life and able to block out things that we know are not right, but block those out and keep the other segments um, moving. And that's how they go to church. And that's how they're, um, they can, tune out certain things and um, and it's going to be up to the pastors and up to the leaders it's going to be up to the pastors to train the leaders to show how we love sinners no matter what the sin is mm-hmm. and and love them through whatever they're going through if, if it's gay if it's drugs if it's lying, lying if it's stealing, yeah, whatever. whatever it is that we love them through it um, now does that mean they can step into a leadership role no, um, but they can come to church. They yeah. can be fed. They can hear what the gospel says, and they can do those things. And hopefully, that the Lord uh, will do what He's supposed to do, and what not even supposed to do, but what He does, uh, and convict their heart, and and they would have a, a heart change. Yeah, yeah. What do y'all think about his his PR response? Go ahead, Adam. Um, yeah, from listening to it, it it sounded like a real well thought out answer something that he's definitely been asked before if it's not on camera but definitely to somebody that's walked up to him or even a response like a message or something um even talking about the different sins that people bring to church and even bring that comes on whether it's gay drugs um anything like that even me personally i've met a lot of people that say that they're gay or lesbian but they go to church and they think that you know what they're doing is not wrong or that they honestly believe that you know god has made them that way even though that's not what the bible says is correct and it's hard for me to grasp you know that because me talking to them i believe them that they feel that that's how they think they are even though the Bible doesn't line up with what they think or the way God is. Um, that's something even for me that I, you know, it's hard to understand sometimes because if somebody honestly believes that they think they're that way, but the Bible says it's not that way, then I'm going to believe what the Bible says yeah. and then let God help and deal with them on their sin. Cause at some point I hope and pray that everybody gets through whatever they're dealing with, it may take a long time. Um, but even them coming to church and hearing the word every single week on different shows, it still is putting those ideas and thoughts into their mind, whether they think they're right or wrong. 
Yeah. And then there's like, you know, like this big cultural, these cultural mantras that people tell each, each other. And, you know, a few years ago, Lady Gaga came out with that, with the Born This Way, that song, which was gigantic in that movement. Right. And uh, you know, the thing like what you're talking about, that what the Bible says, like, yeah, OK, well, you might feel like this is your reality. And, and you know, and, and that's that's what you perceive. I, 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 I get it as far as coming from where your perspective is. But from from a biblical standpoint, that's why Jesus said you must be born again. So even if you feel as if, you know, I was born this way, we're all commanded to be born again. So, you know, it, it, it God just flips all of that around. And and, uh, you know, we this is like a, almost like a two part of it. But, but just this week, again, Demi Lovato's in the uh, in the in the in the news headlines as well, because she a, a couple months ago, I think she came out as like a what they refer to as a pansexual. She's fluid. Right? Now she's coming out and saying that she's gender fluid and she wants to change her pronouns to they, them. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, my first initial reaction to all of that is that, you know, maybe her, she has a new album coming out. Maybe she's got something that she need you know, she hasn't been hot for a minute. And the only thing that's really kept her relevant is her cries for help of, of mental, mental illness and all that. Cause that's really been her only claim to fame lately. Yeah, and the more time that goes, the more time that goes on, and the further that we push away from the cross, the further that, as a culture, as a, as a, a people that get further and further away from God, those things that did not used to feel normal are now feeling normal as far as sin. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if God is not in the picture, you do feel like this is you was born this way. You do feel like uh, the sin is. Okay, because you're further away from the cross. There's nothing to compare to, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't have, if you have no background, or you're being celebrated to do whatever your sin is, depending on what group you, you hang out with, um, it's going to feel right because yeah. there's no comparison. You're you're not trying to, you're not trying to uh, compare it to the standard anymore. Your standard is different. Yeah, yeah. In faith, I know this is going to sound like a harsh statement, but. Uh, you know, faith doesn't necessarily care about your feelings. That's right. You know, it, it's because our emotions are, are up one day, down the next, and then they're, they're everywhere. Faith is not, you know, when people think of faith, a, a lot of people, in my experience, they think of blind faith. Like, you have to be dumb to believe in God. You have to be dumb to believe in the Bible. No, it's not a blind faith that we're commanded to. We're commanded to a no-soul salvation. And the Bible is very clear on who God is and uh, who we are in Him. You know, and it's, uh, anyway, so it's a, you know, it's a story that just continues to develop in Hillsong. They just happen to be such a global presence that any little thing that they do um, is going to be out in the open that way. If uh, if we had a couple spotlights on Elam, I'm pretty sure some things would come out as well. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in every church and every family. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, everybody has their secrets and they have their dirty closets and mm-hmm. we just don't want nobody to turn the lights on in our own closets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all right, I got something a little bit more uplifting. This is kind of for my son. Uh, Apple has just released or about to release their 3D uh, maps. Um, so they're gonna they're coming out with a new map system, trying to get on par with Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Maps is, I mean, it's the best thing out there right now. I am a uh, diehard Apple fan, so I use Apple Maps, but. I'm lying to myself if I would say that they're the best maps out there. No. Google's definitely got it, but the Apple's releasing their new 
Um, Apple Maps. Adam, do you know anything about the release of the the, the Apple Maps? Uh, no, that's actually something I haven't heard about. Yeah, so I just heard about it on Friday. So this is kind of cool that I know a tech thing uh, before my son. <laughs> I've been a little busy. Yeah, he's been a little busy. <laughs> uh, moving out of houses, trying to sign on new houses and different things like that. But they said this is the next step. They're having to release this new 3D mapping because they're getting ready to move to that next advance on the Apple car. What does the 3D thing mean? The 3D thing is kind of like when, like when you actually drive, it's going to have like 3D images buildings of buildings and, and streets, curbs street and streets and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've seen uh, kind of the like the, the the they don't really know, but they think they got some early video of what it's going to look like. Looks pretty cool. Um, it's not what you normally see even in Google Maps. Uh, so, it's, so it's, it's like Google Earth. Like a mixture between Google Maps and Google Earth, basically, yeah. Except it's more um, animated type. It's not like real trees, real buildings. Um, so it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so I know that last year uh, during their keynote, they did announce that they were going to be updating maps and that one of the biggest features that was coming soon was... So right now on the app, you can go in, you can pick a location, it'll automatically take you there. Like you can pick Paris, you can pick all these big cities uh, like Coliseums and things. Well, what they wanted to do was immerse the user in that experience more. And that's where the 3D comes from. So right now you can go into your maps, pick a location and do like a satellite 3D view of it. And then on your phone, you can do like a 360 walk around as That's if cool. you're on that spot and see what's around you. Yeah. And then they have other apps that are integrated from third party developers to use their reviewed apps to then pick spots that are good tourist locations. And then people upload their photos of those spots. So you can do like a mock up of uh, in the location while people are there, what it looks like. Um, and that's. I guess something updating with the maps right. too. All those OCD people are like wetting themselves right now. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. they're like, this is amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> other thing that they said is uh, they're working out a deal with uh, either Hyundai, or they're talking to Hyundai and Kia for the manufacturers of the cars because they already have a presence in the United States. I'm telling you, Kia, those, those South Koreans, yeah. man, shout out South Korea. We need Y'all got a Kia too, right? Don't y'all have a Kia? Yeah. They have a Kia van or something like that. Yeah, the Sedona. And then the big thing is, uh, the rumor is, and this hasn't been released, but this was just a rumor on the article, that they working with Samsung for the screens and things in the car. Yeah, so so out of all the tech giants, Samsung is number one in panels, screens, nobody else. Also South has. Korean. And they're, yeah, and, they are. and they're like last in the cell phone market, right? So um, they've been, for what, for under, what I read in the, in the article is just like the cell phone market, they're not doing very good in. So Apple's just like, look, stop the cell phone stuff. Let's partner up. You give us the best, you know, displays and everything that we need. And let's just go on business together. Yeah. So they're here in the U.S. It, it, Apple is definitely number one here in America. And then Samsung would be a close second here in the States. But then whenever you branch out worldwide, uh, number one would be Huawei, Huawei yeah, which yeah. is a Chinese uh, yeah. brand company. And they Russian spy phone and, and they steal <laughs> and they steal everything from everybody. I told you that's how their phones are. Bobby Cervantes, if you're listening, get rid of, get rid of the Huawei. <laughs> hey, 
I don't know what y'all are talking about, the whole Kia thing. <laughs> Look, my sister used to have a Kia Sportage. It was white, and it was trash. And it broke down every four or five months. Their quality has stepped up yeah. a, a thousandfold. Well, I mean, from what I saw, it can only go up. Because the Kia she had was the worst car I think we've ever owned. So ever. the biggest thing I've heard is that Apple will probably end up working with uh it's hyundai yeah i, I, I think it's going to be hyundai will be their also another their south korean and company. they've really stepped up on their stuff yeah the hyundai's the hyundai are Genesis really nice like, looks like a bentley the yeah. sonatas yeah are look super nice and clean yeah we almost bought the genesis one time and uh i just couldn't do it at the time i'm just like i'm not buying a hyundai i'm not buying a hyundai you know hyundai is just a cheap honda well, for, I think you're going to outdo Honda in a couple few, a few years. Have you seen mm-hmm. the new Sonata? Not like the 28. They're ritzy, it, man. It's the number one uh, 2021 it, vehicle right They're going to replace the Toyota. The Sonata is. The Toyota Camry, I think the Sonata is going to end up replacing it. Like it I don't get the these car. people buying, spending like 20, 30 grand on like an average stupid car. <laughs> like if you're going to spend money on a car, just buy a fancy one. No, and if dude, you're not, look, look, get let, you let, a solid four or five year old used one that's just basic. It's going to last you a decade or so. Or I don't get these people or a Tesla. That, but even that, if you're going to do it, do it. But what are you doing spending nineteen nine on like a Ford F one fifty? I agree. Listen, never buy. Don't buy a new car. I do not buy new cars. This is the this is the tip right here. Don't buy a new car. And there was, I guess, three so years nice. old it's or not something even like that. Low Bi- miles. Low miles. You can get a three year old car right now that has ten thousand ten thousand miles on it. Uh, original price thirty forty thousand dollars for for twenty grand. And fifteen it, if you're yeah fifteen know how if to talk if and it has it. all six lug nuts all six and I'm they're all the that, same size too even that though tw- you can spend twenty color. grand like that's so much money on a car like if you're gonna spend twenty grand get you a nice car otherwise why not just spend like five grand get you a car that's gonna last you twelve thirteen all years I'm saying. And you'll exactly. be good. Spend like 200 bucks in maintenance a year. What are you doing? Spend 200 bucks a month <laughs> on all your stupid fees and like your payments. I, I knew a guy. I know a guy. Used to work with a dude. He's spending like 400 bucks every month on his car payments. That's and, cheap. And he thinks it's cheap. And you guys think it's cheap too? It's ridiculous to think that like a 20 year old should be paying 500 bucks a month no, that's for ridiculous. his car. Yeah. For a 20 year old, that's ridiculous. He that's still insane. Home with his mom? He Probably. At the I place. don't remember what he did. No, he didn't. He didn't even work at the plant. He worked at the restaurant. Okay, what if he's got plant money? Twenty years old, living at home. It still seems like your, you could your, do a lot car, better stuff. Your car payment to, to income ratio, right? Whatever that's supposed to be. I don't know what that's. I don't know what the ratio. It sounds is. really like you know fancy, fancy, but I don't. But these are basic, <laughs> nothing special cars. They're like, yeah, it's a really nice Hyundai. It's a really nice one. It's like either get a fancy car or stop spending all that stupid money. Well, what really every gets month. my goat is these people that do get these Hyundais or whatever and they're not like sports cars or whatever and then they pull up next to you and they're all like wing, wing, wing yeah. and they want to race you and you're like it's a stock Hyundai, bro. I told you about this guy. He was in like a... Nice muffler, bro. I don't even know. Yeah, nice muffler. I, when, I had that, when I had that Ford Ranger, I was it was like one in the morning, and I was at a red light, and this guy pulls up to me, and he's like revving his engine, and he's like, let's go. Let's go. 
and I cranked down my window. <laughs> and I yelled at him. I said, I'm in a Ford Ranger. <laughs> and then he, like, peeled out and went off. And I was... I blame the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yes. Was, and it wasn't fault. even a good car. It was probably some Hyundai or something. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Kia is not the automotive lubies, okay? Just, oh, all right. Oh, man. I wouldn't buy a Kia. All right, let's move on before so James blows the top of his so head much off. Florida, this you is escaped. From the, just like you escaped this, this week, Florida. Yeah, you escaped. We're coming back for you, though. Tom Razzle highlights featuring What's Up, RG, and 1K Few. Lately, I've been living on a highlight. I've been up so high cause this my lifestyle One thing I'ma tell you about my life I'ma get it, I'ma get it right now yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, my, my life Right, 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 right Lately I've been living on a high life I've been up so high cause this my lifestyle One thing I'ma tell you about my life in the light and it shine down I've been running out of reason not to pray I've been trying to find a time to meditate I've been trying to tell myself that I'm okay I think I'm fi- finally on the way I know the devil be plotting on me but God got me I know it's angels surrounding me all they stay on me I know my mama's prayer stronger than any army throw any weapon my way man you can't harm me yeah living high life in these trenches time to skydive put my hand up to the Lord now that's a high five finally made it out that water like I'm tight dive used to move like action figures now we life size got no shame I'm bright that chief and later Popeyes never worry about clock need to watch your mouth when you tell my Jesus but we ain't got no time to waste you better speed up we so high up it's hard to reach us Ty Brazzle high life featuring what's up RG and 1k few what's up RG's like my, my, he's my he's my yeah, like go to right now I think I like I really like a lot of his stuff that he's talking about plus he's Espanol and y'all know how I love the Espanols <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love the way he goes in and out of Spanish and English on, on a lot of his stuff um, Dude, he, look, on the producers there, it says one of them's name is Dirty Rice. Oh, Dirty Rice. <laughs> he must be bangers, the, bro. He must be with a What Up RG then. If it's no, Dirty Rice. Dirty Rice, Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's up, It's making me hungry, man. <laughs> right? I see Dirty Rice, and then that title just looks like Whataburger. What's his name? Yeah, the that's artist? what I thought it was. Yeah, it too. looks like Whataburger. The, but, uh, the audio visual on this one, though, is pretty dope. Almost looks like a video game, right? Yeah, I like this. Yeah, the cell shading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really like the the, the style. I, um, as far as the the flow and all that stuff, I, I'm just not a fan of, of the choppy flow. You know, the all that oh, stuff. The rap. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's too close for me. I, I too close. Well, you know, I'm I, and, okay. Hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest rap fan and all that, but I do like. Some I gotta hip- say that's shocking. I I, I, <laughs> right? I, I do like some some, some hip hop music and stuff, and it's just I was gonna know, say judge by your shoes. But I don't even know. Oh, what, no, what no. You, no, got. you rock, got the most hip hop shoes. I'm, I'm rocking the New Balance right now. Yeah, I just made know. a comment about New Balance shoes to Marina the other day. <laughs> I said, you know, once you hit about 30 years old, it's like New you Balance. Get those white New Balance yeah, New Balance ships you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here, welcome to your dad's shoes. Yeah. You know? I've never had any New well, Balance. I'm getting you some New Balance. Well, that's because you're in the hip hop. 
<laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I like the, I, I like most of that stuff. Most of the stuff that comes out of Reach Records is uh, is done good. Uh, even if you don't like the like like you, if you don't like the style of rap or whatever, uh, the quality that Reach Records has, the the Dirty Rice and a lot of the producers that Gavi that's coming out of there, they put together some really good sounding music. Is Lecrae still on Reach? Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. a, a part owner. Yeah, him and mm-hmm. one other guy, this white dude. Um, man, what is the guy's name? Anyway, white rice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> white rice. That would be Asian. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> uh, anyways, hey, uh, I got my boys in here today. Uh, well, Caesar and Jane are my boys, but I got my real boys oh, in here I. today. I got Adam and and Luke, and uh, Noah's going to answer a couple questions, and then he's going to bounce and go do kid stuff. But uh, he got to go to sleep. Right? But we're going to just talk about PKs. You know, PKs. All of my kids have grown up. Uh, as PKs. Now, what is a PK? Uh, what is a PK? A pastor's kid, right? A pastor's mm-hmm. kid. Uh, Caesar, your kid's going to grow up as a PK. Your wife grew up as a PK. We mm-hmm. probably should have had her on this one. Probably. Uh, James kind of grew up as a PK, and his dad. His dad, his dad is uh, a PGK. A, yeah, a grandkid. Grandkid. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you've been drugged to church, you know, and everything's been open. Your parents have been super involved. I mean, your whole family's built our church, um, so you kind of know some of the pressures and some of the different things uh, that that happen. Um, but. Noah, let me let me ask you a couple questions. Come on up here with me, Bubba. And, and how old is Mr. Noah? How do you know her? Eight. Eight. What is the what is, is the eight? best thing about being a pastor's kid? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting all scared all of a sudden, huh? No. Okay, tell us what the best thing about a pastor's kid is. What'd you, what tell me. I don't know. Really? There's nothing good about it? What was you telling me earlier? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was chomping at the bits to say stuff earlier. Was. Was. Now, now with the, the mic and the spotlight are on you. Come on. Come on. What was you telling me earlier? About being able to do what? It's fun. Let's do fun stuff? He was telling me earlier it's cool to be a, a PK because he gets to go like... In the office and get the, yeah. you know the little snacks behind and stuff scenes. behind the scenes stuff Those and stuff. go to mm-hmm. go to the, you know get my keys and go to my my office and play and different things like that. That's cool. What is the what is the hardest thing about being a pastor's kid? Mm, thinking. You're thinking. Maybe thinking's the hardest part. Come on, tell me. <laughs> what was you telling me earlier? You never asked that question. Yeah, I remember you were saying <laughs> something about having to wait. He doesn't want to implicate himself. Right? <laughs> I, don't oh, yeah. want, I don't want to say. I have to wait longer. You have to wait longer? Not true. Right. Why, yeah. why do you have to wait longer? Because you talk to people. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're always talking to people and you was telling me that, that I do communion and it takes way too long. <laughs> yeah. All mm-hmm. right, man. Well, thanks for stopping by and uh, joining our podcast today, okay? All right, we'll talk to you later. Later, Noah. Where's the applause? There you go. Or you're like me and you have to wait because your parents forgot you at kids' church. It's happened to me before. It's happened to, it's happened to all of them. Yeah, it's happened to Luke before we, we They got go. home, and then they realized they forgot me. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 
We no, got we home. never got. We never got you home. Were almost home. We were almost. <laughs> you home. were almost home. We were almost home. It was on Fairmont, and we were just everybody was quiet, and then, and then mom said, "Wait a second, where's Luke?" And then Kelby looked next to him as if there's supposed to be somebody there, and then he wasn't there. And then she said, <gasps> "Turn around, we gotta go back." And then he was just, you know, waiting there at the children's church. Miss Christine is always the, she's always the best because yeah. uh, she always helps us out. We're always running. It's it's Calvin and Shelley, and then me and Sandra. They're always the last one to uh, uh, to children's church to pick our kids up and stuff. But, yeah, but uh, back then there was a, a more of us. That you had to watch. Yeah, that's true. There was four of us. Yeah. Now there's only two. Well, we were older and we forget more now. <laughs> so you still think there's five all the time? <laughs> like, where's the other one? <laughs> does Noah have a phone yet? No. He, yes, no. technically he well, does. He have has a phone. a phone, but it doesn't. It's not no cellular data. He, he can't call you and be like, "Hey, you forgot me." Yeah, On no, Wi-Fi, so, he could. So what's what's the uh, what's the earliest? Uh, or what? Yeah, what's the earliest age that you're gonna get him a phone? Junior high. Junior high. Yeah, mm-hmm. our our role is junior high. Luke got his in uh, junior high. It was more of like when you need it. Not I got mine high. in junior high. Junior high. Well, it's junior high because like Adam started playing football and band and all those after school stuff, and so that's when we got him. If he doesn't do anything and he goes to school and rides the bus home, he won't get it. I just realized I got mine in junior high because I played basketball and we'd have after school practice, and my mom also forgot to pick me up there. <laughs> <laughs> so they were we this kid that lived in my neighborhood. He was on the team too, and so our moms would take turns uh, taking both of us home so that you know. Anyway, just to help them not have Do to drive remember, as much. Do you remember what model phone you had? I, my first one was the Juke, the one that flipped to the side. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Spun remember up. That. But yeah, we would. his mom would always be on time, and then like three or four times. We'd sit there, and we'd just be sitting on the curb, be like, my mom forgot, or my dad forgot, and we didn't have a phone or anything yet. <laughs> so we'd just sit there, I hope she shows up. Yeah. I don't know. That was why they got me a phone. Yeah. Right, right. Adam, Adam, how about you? Do you remember your what model phone you had? Yeah, the first phone I had was uh, it was one of those prepaid track phones. Yeah, was my first phone. It's a track phone from Walmart. Drug dealer phones. Yeah. yeah. Well, our thing <laughs> was our thing was like because uh, even when Adam was young, like cellular was still a little bit expensive. Uh, so we bought him a track phone. You know, it was like a, it was like character. a thirty thirty dollar phone. You know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we put minutes on it to make sure that he was mature enough to handle it. And then when he showed that he was mature enough to handle it, then we bought him a. a That's a something real you need to bring back. If they charge people by the character on social media and stuff, I think we'd have a lot less problems. <laughs> about the emoji, people would be saying a lot less stuff. <laughs> Twitter would have yeah. just not existed. Yeah, Luke, what was your first phone? I think my first phone was either the flip phone that we had. Nope. Or the iPhone 4, right? You've always had the iPhone. iPhone yeah. 4. iPhone oh, 4. I didn't remember if you had a flip phone or an iPhone. No, because we it's had the, no, the flip phone was the house phone that we used to have. Yeah, we had a flip phone. So that's yeah. probably the first phone that you used because yeah. we had a flip phone. Was the house phone. Was the house phone because Sandra and I would go places and we wanted a flip phone at the house. So we mm-hmm. had a, a flip phone at the house. Wow. It, it was cheap. And we never used it. It stayed in the drawer in case emergency type deals. So. And it never died. It never died. Because it never was used. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, unless you're bleeding or you're on don't fire, use don't it. use this phone. <laughs> Mine was the Nokia brick 
yeah. with mm-hmm. with the eight bit display on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, never died. Battery life. Uh, it's still working somewhere right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, but so I was yeah. a third world country, and they're just like running through the yeah. Sahara using it. Oh, but I had mine tricked out too because you could remove the cases and you, the the uh, the number pads. You can sw- swap mm-hmm. them out. So mine was crystal clear with yep. green I LEDs it, yeah. and, and all that stuff. But yeah, and uh, you know I, I used to go to school uh, in the Sharpstown area, so they had all them little ghetto stops uh-huh. where you can cell phone stops yep. right mm-hmm. so what pager did y'all have <laughs> I was I was right before the pager I had a pager and a cell phone at the same time oh my gosh pager. so yeah anyways alright so, <laughs> so why did you have a pager <laughs> that was the thing man I can remember when I was 12 like calling cause you could open up the like yellow pages and there was just nothing but pager companies mm-hmm. you know like there is cell phone companies now every corner you know there's you know the, the guy trying to sell you a prepaid or whatever yeah. and I used to in a 12 years old calling how much is a pager you know they're just like son please don't call back <laughs> I don't think these guys will remember it but I know you remember Primeco oh Primeco I had I think my first phone was Primeco mm-hmm. y'all remember Primeco no I don't no. remember Primeco mm-hmm. no Switch Motorola to a Primeco phone. <laughs> oh my Houstonian shout out. Uh, so just just talking to Nintendo, there is some advantages and disadvantages of being a PK, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you get some of the little things that are going on, you know, behind the scenes. You get access to the snacks and uh, Adam. How many how many um, uh, youth camps did you get to go to before you was a youth? You know. Yeah, I started to go to youth camps when probably sixth grade, because I could have went elementary school. No, you went before that because we were youth workers. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, he was going. Well, no, you're... I think my first one was junior high though, because I because y'all were youth leaders, but I didn't go yet. No, let's see. I feel like you and Brandon were always going. Yeah, you were you were way before that because me and mom Brandon was. was yeah, married. Brandon was always going. Yeah. Me and mom was married three years when we started helping with youth, and that's when you started going. So you was like nine. Well, I I maybe? met. Well, I remember at least I re, I think I remember anyways meeting meeting Brandon for the first time. Uh, it was in the back in the offices in the big like conference room. I yeah. remember because we both had the same Game Boy. Uh, That's how I remember. Yeah, the nice. Game Boy Color. No, yeah, it was Advance. It didn't yeah, have an LCD screen yet, Game Boy so Advance. you had to have a light to yeah. to make it play. Yeah. But it used um, to kill your battery. Even yeah, right it had batteries. <laughs> wasn't rechargeable. Yeah, and that was I think third grade or yeah. second grade, yeah, second you, or third grade. Yeah, I you think. was pretty young. You was pretty yeah. young. No, uh, Luke himself, he started. I can remember. He was him, one. Uh, yeah, he was barely walking at at uh, IBC. That they have that s- mm-hmm. slope, and he could barely walk up that s- that <laughs> yeah. slope. So he's been around. So you get those advantages. You know, you get the the advantages. But some of the disadvantages are, I think, um, even for a pastor, sometimes is kind of the loneliness feeling sometimes that you get because uh, maybe that. Um, you can't reach out and, and express your feelings because you're supposed to be living up to something more than, you know, and so you yeah. feel kind of trapped into who you are instead of trying to work out some of those things. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I would definitely say that not me, of course, right? I'm not me, but <laughs> I've seen a lot of people uh, do that. And even going back to what you're we talking about before, 
the Katy Perry, the uh, Demi Lovato. So they all grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry is a PK. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that happens, that they, you know, they were young. They were, you know, in junior high, the same thing, probably already on the praise and worship team because they have a God-given voice that reaches people and they've been singing forever. And then, you know, somebody reached out and said, you know, I could probably help them get a record deal or whatever it is. And their career took off then when they were in high school, leading into early adulthood life. I'm sure, especially not to be sexist, but I'm sure them being girls, you know, it was a little different. Dad was probably on them a little more, didn't let them go do a lot of things. They never got to experience the you know, be a normal teenager, you could say. And Overly then, modest and exactly, all those things. Exactly, always having to cover themselves all the time and watch what they're doing. They don't get to wear whatever swimsuits like all the other friends got to wear and go out late. And then that's what they decided to do when they made money. Yeah, yeah. They decided to wear whatever they wanted, talk about whatever they wanted, say that this doesn't exist knowing when knowing that they were leading people to something bigger than themselves and right. turning it all on, all on them. That was Presley uh, too. You know, Elvis was one of Yeah, a lot of these stars that happens to him. I yeah. mean, even I think Justin Bieber was in his church dad was a deacon, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, his dad's a deacon of a church. I mean, it's it yeah. just happens. Kind of speaking on that point just a little before we move on to the next on on that I've had uh I guess first-hand experience with uh, with an ex of mine. Um, but my upbringing in church started at 19 years old, so I don't have that. You know, being a kid in church, but um, the the girl that I was dating at the time, she was brought up in church, and it was a very it was a very strict church. It was a uh, it was a holiness church they called it, right? And um, in case you don't know what that is, that's uh, where. It's very long skirts, long hair, you know, everything's the devil type stuff, right? Call so, those Pentecostals down here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's kind of Pentecostal, but there's some differences, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is just, it, it, they're more strict on, on, especially the outward appearance and all that. But with that, uh, of course, I didn't end up being with her and all that. And her and her family, they ended up leaving church. And, and it was just a real bad thing. And you see their life being played out on social media and all that and and I'm telling you it was it was just like that in their upbringing they couldn't do anything and then as soon as they got a little taste of your know, freedom in quotes cuz I know our listeners can't see me doing quote fingers uh <laughs> whenever they got their first little taste of freedom I'm talking about they went yeah. buck wild yeah. yeah and uh and it's it's hard to come back especially if you have you know some bitterness towards your upbringing and they were for all intents and purposes i guess you can call them pks too you right. know but uh but yeah it's it, it's it, you know that's why now being being the father of a pk now uh you know y'all were talking about ibc and what was the earliest that y'all remember going uh, my son, my son, it was there at three weeks old. Wow. <laughs> yep. yep. And then, and then a fall, the following year after that, he was there as well. And that's whenever he took his first steps at camp. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's building up his story too. On yeah, all Noah that. was like that. Noah was real little, uh, mm-hmm. just take, taking his first couple steps and, uh, there at IBC doing man, there's kids. something about that place. Yeah. If you got your kid and he's not walking in, take him to IBC. <laughs> uh, Luke, what do you think about that? I know that 
So I got two opposite kids. So we got Adam that will talk for days. And then we got Luke that we have to force things out of him at times. Um, so what do you think? Is it, is it lonely for you sometimes having to, to not, maybe you're not feeling like you can say certain things or be yourself or, or what do you think about that? Um, I would say not that, cause I've developed with a close group of friends of other PKs in the church and, and kids outside of that. And I've developed a strong group and I can actually talk to them. I think sometimes if you like me and can't go out and talk to other kids, it can be harder. But since I found this group of people I can go talk to, it's not that hard at times. Right. That's that's good. I think that's super important, especially as a PK, that we do find that group of of people, whoever they are, if it's a a, a, a leader. And I think that um, uh, who, well, who was your your youth leader? Was it um, that really got a group of y'all together? Uh, who, who was it that was kind of leading y'all's group for a while on text messages and things? Um, David. Was it David? David, yeah. David, David Armaguer. David Armaguer really did a really good job. Um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read the text and stuff, but just hearing Luke and stuff really gather a group of boys together and them interacting. And I think that really, because Luke is a, a very shy kid. Um, it was, you know, it's one of those things that he, he, he really works on, you know, speaking in public. And, you know, I mean, I can remember when he was like 10 years old, he couldn't order his own food in the restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. so it's... I remember you told me that. Yeah, yeah. so th- those things have, uh, has really, like, helped, you know, bring him out. Um, so what do you think the biggest struggle was, uh, Adam? Did you have a struggle of being uh, a PK? Or did you did you feel like there were some certain things that kind of you was hesitant to do or say or act um, because of, you know, who your parents were? Um I would say yes, uh, yes to till I reached probably a certain age, because um, you know I didn't want to mess up. I didn't I didn't want to do anything wrong. Um, I wanted to do everything the correct, the right way, uh, and just knowing that anything I did would reflect my parents. I mean, ultimately, it would reflect my parents, and then knowing that you know my parents are leading people, you know, trying to get them closer to God, have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then, I mean, even for me, even being young, I would still think all the time that if I mess up and I do something wrong, that people are going to think that my parents can't raise their children. And if they can't raise their house right, they have no business in helping other people. And even me being growing up in church my whole life and knowing that our family did, that always stuck with me. And then, yeah, I mean, I messed up. I, I've done dumb things and things that changed my course of life really quick. But I did. I do feel like I reached the point where um, this old now, if I mess up, do whatever wrong, I'll just leave. And. It's, it's on you. It's on me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm of the age now where if I make a mistake, if I do something wrong, I'm not a kid anymore. Right. My, you know, no one should or look at my parents or even my relatives or my family that they did something wrong because I reached up to this point where I 
you know, did nothing wrong that other people of my same age were doing or were staying out late drinking. Whereas instead I was out late at House of Pies. Right. You know, hanging out with James. Like I was hanging out with church people that my parents known forever that I grew up with. Right. And then Adam really, Adam was a super kid. I mean, Adam's always been like a more mature, but just from a kid to him thinking about those things, you know, that yeah. that's pressure on itself, you know. Um, and I can remember just, I'm not going to try to put a lot of your business out there, but when Victoria got pregnant, you know, uh, y'all wasn't married yet, um, but y'all came to me and um, y'all were upset not because of, you know, her getting pregnant, which is a big thing for, I mean, how old were you? We were 19. 19. It was a big thing for that. But you, y'all's biggest concern was the reflection of Sandra and I in the church, you know, because he knew, he, he knew what the Bible says. The Bible says, make sure your family's right. You know, and if you can't do that, you can't be a leader in the church. And he was so worried about changing the position that I held. Um, so that was one of those things that, I mean, as, as a burden, as a young person, like, it's it's one of the it's tough, you yeah. know. It's, it's it's real tough. What about you, Luke? Is it, what, what's kind of one of those things that that you struggle with your dad being a pastor? I think one thing I struggled with um, since me being a shy person is like people coming up to me that I necessarily don't know, but they think they can just walk mm-hmm. up to me and just mm-hmm. like just. Everybody knows my kids, yeah. but my yeah. kids don't know everybody. Yeah. yeah, you know it's one of those things. Yeah, and then how everybody has seemingly everybody thinks they have full access to your life, and they can comment whatever they want without yeah. there being any kind of rebuttal and all that. And everybody in this room knows what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. you know, and you're like, um, we need a certain sense of privacy too, you yeah. know. And uh, but I guess that's that's just. You know that that's something that people don't consider mm-hmm. that 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 you you have a life away from ministering to people, even though that is the calling. And as a family, it's a it's a family calling. You might not be called to ministry, but you you fall under that umbrella, right? For sure. And and, and it's uh, you know I think about like James and and his family, and it's a big family. And uh, you know James, can you speak a little bit on that as well, as far as you know, the pressures to perform, the pressures to, you know, keep keep the family name, uh, you know, above board. Yeah, anytime I, uh, people ask me about that stuff, it's usually people from church. But for me, it was, it was like I was the pastor kid, like, everywhere I went. Because we had, in church, you know, was, my grandpa was the preacher and my dad did all sorts of music stuff and my whole family's there so it was all that so if i went to church everybody knew who i was like y'all were saying for that but if i went to school my dad taught at the high school mm-hmm. um drove the school bus my mom was a teacher in the district so like all the teachers would know me you'd get a random sub and they'd sit you know call and row james nizen is your dad uh like yeah. anywhere i'd go wow. Wow. so it was it was like that for everywhere i went yeah you walk around town, everybody knows my grandpa. You don't have to be at church. You, you can go into Food Town or whatever. You go to Alaska. You can go to Alaska. You go to <laughs> went to Israel. I, the, in Israel is the funniest because yeah. you're literally on the other side of the world. Yeah. And you're walking down and say, is that, is that Pastor Rob? Yeah. And you just, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got a good deal on jewelry for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's coupon Rob. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was always like that for me everywhere. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it was you couldn't mess up for sure because everybody would know about it 
immediately, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even though even though that that sounds bad and 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 it is something that does cause a lot of, you know, in, internal issues and stuff. It can um there's also that other sense that that really uh, why God built that into the family and that's accountability. Mm-hmm. And to to keep you responsible to their guides in our life. Yeah. And for, I think it's a good thing for me too cuz if you do it right or if you, you know, look at it right um like you said it keeps you accountable but you get used to being okay with people seeing you live all the time and uh you get more comfortable with well you either get more comfortable or it like crushes you but yeah. uh it, ideally you get more comfortable with people seeing you live and looking at you as an example and it kind of helps uh i guess motivate you to be a good example or you know like you said obviously it can be like way too much pressure and yeah right one of the things one of the things that i remember my first pastor saying was uh um and it's crazy to think about it because he, he he passed away at 42 years old so he had a, his son at the time was like 10 11 years old now he's graduating this is he's graduating this year his son um but he he passed 6 years ago now um but he he said over the pope at one time he says i pray to god that my son never becomes a, a pastor yeah and i it was hard to comprehend at the time yeah you know but that sense stepping into that role and now having a son of my own, I, I get it. Yeah, because you 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 people are harsh, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know they don't they don't intend to be. Some people are very sincere and they really need the help, and you're called to help them. You're called to be there with them. But while you're doing all of that, your family's waiting in the car. Your family's waiting in the corner. Your family's cleaning up the church. Your family's doing this, and uh, you know dad's not there. Yeah, and because he's he's spending all his time. Loving other people that really need the love at that moment, and that is such a hard thing for family, for your for your spouse, for for anybody that's connected to you, because your time is split. Yeah, it's, it's very easy for um, PKs to be have bitterness towards the church, right? Because you know when somebody calls, so Pastor Caesar, he's a youth pastor right now. He might have a youth call and take up fifteen minutes of his time, right? Uh, which doesn't sound bad. I only took a 15 minutes of pastor's time, but it's the other 30, 15 minutes of the other 30 youth that call that week, you know, now it's taken up 15 minutes times 30. And that just comes right off the top of your family time, you know, and uh, most of us in the world, I mean, in the United States, or we're doing this and working full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so that's one of the things that the, it's real easy for uh, kids Sometimes wives really to you're lucky because your wife grew up that way, so she kind of got a, has an idea of what it is. Not that it makes it any easier, mm-hmm. but at least she's been exposed to it a little bit, so she she kind of sees it coming. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's still it's still tough. Yeah, and on that real quick, one of the biggest things that I've learned from her experience, and really it's her wisdom, right? Um, on that is really learning how to say no to some things you don't have to say yes to everything and uh, that's another pressure from the church itself right where you feel like if i say no to anything that i'm failing god and i'm failing everybody that's not the case learning to say no for your preservation the preservation of your family 
your kids, your 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 own mental health. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, and her going through that as a PK has benefited our marriage because uh, she sees those trends that 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 are coming, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, "Wait, I've seen this with my dad. I've seen this with so and so." You don't have to say yes to everything. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because that's why I say no all the time. <laughs> because, I mean, growing up, I even that little, that young, I was already helping. I mean, the only thing I couldn't do was, well, I actually did for a little bit too, but I can't sing. So I was never part of the worship band, but I did play drums in a church. We needed we needed a drummer. We needed a drummer. And, and so need drummers. And Adam was just like, <laughs> you know, he was always good at, at a garage band or whatever it was. Rock band. Rock band. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. and I told the pastor, I said, hey man, I said Adam can play drums, and he says he played drums before. Nah, but he's really good at rock band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, I went and bought some drums, and three weeks later, you know, he picked it up. Adam, Adam is one of those guys that. I wish I was. He's like one of those guys that whatever he wants to do and everybody he tries to do, he's normally really good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, so he, he he picked that up and but you know, I mean, from from a little kid, Adam he knows how to stack chairs, he knows how to fold chairs, he knows how to put <laughs> tables up. You know, yeah. he knows how to do whatever it is to run a ministry. What's, what's that youth group thing that where where the guys have to see how many chairs? How many they can chairs stack? They can hey, we up. used to do that. So the girls can be like, "Whoa, he's strong." Yeah. We yeah. used to do but that. Y- real casual though you yeah know? yeah, real yeah. Casual. don't sweat <laughs> don't you, sweat you can't breathe hard you yeah. know? <laughs> i tell you one time we were uh we were coming home i don't know if it was i think it was a sunday or might have been a wednesday and and then i hear this voice in the back and it was it was luke and he was like dad and he was asking me how do i preach and how did i come up with all these like clever things and different things um and uh and he just kept asking these questions and i just finally i was just like where's this coming from, you know? And I was just like, where's this coming from? And he was, and then he was just like, well, I was just wondering this and that. And then, you know, talking to Luke, Luke never gives you a straight answer because he's normally not wanting to talk about whatever it is. And then we'll finally come out. Pastor Caesar had asked him to, to lead a, a, a bit in Sunday school, you know? And it was one of those things that, you know, as, as a sixth grader, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. I don't remember when it was, but he felt like that he had to produce a message like I was preaching on a Sunday. Yeah. 15, 20 years into my ministry. Yeah. yeah. That he had to produce that in Sunday school on his very first time preaching or, or ministering. You know, yeah. uh, I think so. A lot of that pressure is there when you sure. push, push that down, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I told him, I said, listen, Bubba, I said, you just do what you do. You yeah. know, I said, I will help you, but you don't have to live up to what I am today. You need to, you ought to heard my first message. <laughs> you know, it wasn't good. The only person that thought it was good was mom and Sandra. I mean, mom and, uh, uh, my mom and his mom. And it probably wasn't in sixth grade. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was in my 20s, you know? Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure. The other thing that I, I, I feel sorry for our um, PKs is um, that they can they they see the underbelly of the church, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the ugly stuff that goes yeah. on. Even when we try to shield them, shield them and not not let them hear it. They, but they see it. They're around it. They're around us all the time. They, they, they see us at our highs. They see us at our lows. They hear our conversations. Yeah. And the beautiful, the most beautiful thing about church is just 
being a member. Mm-hmm. When you p- pull the curtain back and you find out that everybody's not perfect, it's it changes things, yeah. right? And then as a kid, you never get as a as a PK, you never get to experience that because you always you're always behind the curtain. <laughs> Steve Harvey has a joke on that. Um, and he was saying, whenever you're a kid and describing exactly that, he said, whenever you're a kid and then you find out that people in church cuss, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was this old lady, you know, that whenever you saw her, she was always lifting her hands and one of the holy ladies, right? Sister Odell, he called her oh, yeah. <laughs> sister Odell. And then, and then, then she starts cussing. So he said every week after that, they would sit next to Sister Odell. <laughs> See what she's going to say. <laughs> See what she's going to say about somebody. <laughs> I didn't speak on that a little bit. I mean, how, how has that affected you? I know you've been right in the middle of a, you know, we've planted a church and then that went bad. And then, you know, we were right in the middle of a church hurt. And you was, like I said, you was on the worship team. And one day we were down there taking your drums apart and we were leaving. Um, Sold those drums. <laughs> how, uh, how did that kind of mold your, your, your thinking about church and different things like that? Um, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, being, yeah, being a kid, you don't, you don't think about a lot of those things because, I mean, you. I think y'all did a, a really good job of trying to keep us out of a lot of those bad conversations or those not so pretty um, things that people were doing that probably shouldn't have been doing or, you know, whatever the case would be. And then, I mean, just the more you do it, eventually you're just going to be exposed to it. Just being around it, just seeing as uh, you can try to hide a lot of things as long as possible. But at some point it's, well, I can't this time. So you're just going to have to be here. Just sit quiet. Don't say anything. We'll talk about it when it's over kind of situations. And I mean, yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen being a kid to where you guys just starting in ministry and then starting a church. Um, That was probably the hardest uh, for me just because, I mean, it was family. Like it was people that I've seen my whole life talk to. I mean, our family events would be 60 people. Yeah. And then it got cut right in half. Yeah. To, I mean, 30 is still a lot of people, but yeah. but our family's huge. Our family's big. Right. I mean, that's just how it was. It's like, oh, the Hatleys are coming. That's 80 people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it was. Yeah, you know, our, bir- our birthday parties were... <laughs> Uh, big. I mean, we had to have events. We had to have a big house. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wedding was 120 people, and, and that was, and we kept it small. Yeah, yeah. they could have been easily 300 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. missing weddings. Yeah, yeah, easily. And then just seeing um, those ugly sides and bad parts of not not so much the church, but it's just it's people. Mm-hmm. You know, people are not perfect. I'm not perfect, and I. Haven't met anybody that is except my wife. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's. Let me tell you, he's got the most amazing wife ever. Most amazing. And I'm not even saying this because I like Tanner better, but uh, <laughs> uh, she, she is just one of the most wonderful people, greatest heart. And I think we've talked about this before. She like she knows stuff about you that you don't think she knows. And then she'll just pop up like this little bag of nuts or this this soda or whatever out of nowhere and you'll be like man i 
I didn't. I did. Yeah, she's yeah. listening always. She's a she's a people pleaser. You know, she wants to make people yeah. happy. And anyways, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, she is. she's good. Victoria. She's good. She's good. Um, he did good on that one. But but yeah, I mean, it's it, that that was that like I said, that was probably the hardest for me because I I I still don't really know what happened, and and a lot of it is because I chose not to want to know. Um, people have said, I've heard people say this, people say that. Um, but you know, for me, I, I don't, I don't really want to know. Um, I could guess, but I don't want to guess wrong. Right. And then it was hard because I was part of the worship band. It was critical time in your life because you were a teenager. So it was one of those things that could, I was, it could really throw yeah. you one way or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, him coming in, like I told you, Adam's always been real mature about certain things. And and Adam's always took the approach of looking at the bright side. You know, and he could have, over Adam's life and things that went on in his life, he could have easily turned his back on God and said, you know what, God, if that's what it is. But he's always chose to look at the bright side. So. Yeah, I mean, even that church, it was it was crazy in the the sense of, how many people that that I knew outside that came like it it, it was started right at the end of school year because it was I was going to high school I was I was going to 10th grade 10th or 11th grade is whenever the church had started it was in the summertime well at the time who was in charge of the youth was a longtime friends of, of ours, of the church, a longtime Elam church members. And then they started the youth group there. And I mean, the youth right from the beginning, that first summer we went to camp and, and they, you know, the church was, I think was saying, uh, well, I don't know if we can do a camp. Well, we could get enough people to do a camp. And we, I mean, we took a char- like a charter bus full of kids that summer. Yeah. To Florida and back. And there was some issues that went on in Florida, but that has a different story. <laughs> but, but I mean, the church was, was do a lot of good things were already started and happening. Right. Right. From the get go, um, moving buildings really fast. I mean, I wasn't uh, unloading the trailer and setting up church every single week in the hotel. Um, it was, it was a pain. It was annoying. It was hard. It was hot. It was sweaty right before church started, but, I don't remember who it was, but how did you, somebody would just pick up something and say, it's all for God's kingdom and just walk by. <laughs> it's all for God's kingdom. Walk by. And that's what we would do. Just it's all for God's kingdom. Let me just carry this <laughs> stupid speaker. <Somebody laughs> Why do they got to make them so heavy? <laughs> oh, man. I put my kid through some stuff. Boy, I'm telling you. Um, what about what about Luke? What about uh, is there some is, is there certain things that that you see in church that or you hear me and mom talk about that I think, um, but I'm gonna unplug this if you say too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James is over there on the mute button. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you, I, Luke's like he's like the ninja, right? You don't think that he's around and listening, and then he asks you a question about stuff he wasn't supposed to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd be like, that "Whoa." Does like where did you just come from? You know, um, how do you how do you try to balance that when you kind of know stuff behind the curtain, but at the same time just really push into who you know what God is doing in your life? I think it's um, like I think now that I'm starting to get older, I've 
gotten to hear more and more, not on purpose, but just like I'm getting older, so y'all not feel comfortable, but like it's y'all don't have to hide it as much. You know, I can like not say anything out right. loud, be more mature about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it's just a point of yes, they have flaws, but so do we. So just because they have these issues that they need to work on doesn't mean I should judge them because I also have my issues that I need to work on. Right. That's good, man. Hey, that's a mature answer. Yeah. Yeah. Good and job, Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's our mom's genes. <laughs> you know, no, why am I laughing? That's not funny. <laughs> that's one of the things we always we always tell Luke that whenever he uh, you know over the years whenever he, whenever he speaks he doesn't speak a lot but whenever he does it's always very thought out. Yeah, and uh, it's always a solid answer. So we always encourage him to speak man, up. If y'all don't know Luke, man, Luke is a cool kid. He's he's real super super smart, and um, but he has the, like a heart of you know married mother of God. You know, he's just a <laughs> sweet sweet kid. Um, man, I, I I'm just kind of pumped myself up, man. I yeah, brought my kids in here, and I just really feel like I did a better job than I than I did. <laughs> you know. They're saying that they're giving all the right answers, anyways. Yeah, you got two other ones. Oh yeah, we ain't gonna bring them in here. <laughs> give, them, give them the other side. Yeah, no, but but yeah, you know that's that. I think we're speaking of that. I mean, we're we're our own worst critics, and, yeah. and when we look back at everything, we see we know where the flaws are. We know where we could have done better in, in in our lives, but you know, in the wash, I guess you know God works it all out. Yeah, and and these two guys have lived two totally different lives. Right, because yeah, Adam, I was I was poor. You're 27, <laughs> right? You're 27, 27, and you're 15. 15. So there's a lot of years apart, right there. I don't want to try to do the math on the air it's because 12, 12, 12 years apart. <laughs> you were is it, what is it? Uh, before the poor, after the poor. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, for him going to Taco Bell was a night out. You know, yeah, we're getting fancy this week, uh-huh. and for Luke, I mean, we'll go out and you know. Sixty, seventy dollars, eighty dollars at a steakhouse is just like whatever, whatever night. You know what I'm this was supposed to be well done. Yes, oh, this is oh, more I of a medium. Not eating that. Yeah. <laughs> Track phone, iPhone. Yeah, exactly. There, there you go. That's enough right there to tell you. Uh, so they live totally different lives. Um, so, but they both grew up to be this good men of God. You know. So, y'all got any questions? I got questions. You got a question for me? I thought I was on the receiving end of questions. You can ask me a question. I don't have a question for you. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. James and Adam, they grew yeah, up together. Yeah, we grew up together. They I were like, all this stuff about Adam. They we slept were, outside his house one time. We were hanging out at House of Pies all the time. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. So on that, okay, let's talk. I, I, I want to get Adam's perspective on this. Okay. So whenever, Pies. before, I know, I was <laughs> before James's wife came around and was like a presence in his life. Mm-hmm. You know what, what? What things would you say to James as far as his dating life? What you want me to be? You, complete, you want me to be completely honest? Or? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Don't lie. We don't. We are an. I'll lie for you if you want me to. <laughs> That's right, this is my, this is my friend. Here. Oh, my friend. Y'all should work for Hillsong. <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> I actually did <laughs> No. Um, okay, you, you don't take any of this the wrong bad way. Not James. He doesn't care. So, don't care. 
I remember, uh, I don't know, if it was, I guess it was junior high. I have no idea what you're about to say. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so right Get ready, we're putting, this is the paywall side. Yeah, come back next week. <laughs> so, I guess junior high, uh, going to high school, maybe. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, boys start to like girls and talk about girls and all this kind of stuff. And. I don't I don't remember who asked me this, but it was one of it was one of my relatives that I, I don't remember. It who wasn't it was. me. It, no, it wasn't my parents. It was okay, somebody good. else. I don't remember who it was. Because I don't know what he's about to say. Yeah, but I don't still no idea. They they just asked me like, does James like girls? <laughs> no, but he doesn't like boys either. <laughs> what did you tell him? And I would just sit there like. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. I mean, doesn't like boys. Like, that's weird. Why would you like boys? <laughs> I wasn't interested, dude. Everybody that was, was so it, stupid. He just, wasn't, he just wasn't interested. I, I, mean, I was 100% interested in doing my own thing. and That's 100% fact. Yeah, so the more yeah. people you bring into that, the less you could do. Junior high is not the good, best example, but like high school, you have your friends that be like, Man, this girl, she's texting me all night, trying to do this and that, and then she's calling me, you got to listen to her on the phone. And I'm just like, yo, I was playing Halo, doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, you could just not answer the phone, man. He's like, no, nah, man, because then I got to see her at school, and she's going to do it. And I just, all right, well. Don't got time for that. If you, uh, if you're, Halo. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back on Halo tonight if you are not busy. But and the, the reason I asked that, it's because, you know, you, you, well, growing up in church and you're a PK and you're surrounded by other people that go to church and are probably PKs too or something like that. It's like, you know, you can't be dating like everybody else. You can't be having the same kind of relationships like everybody else. And um, that's probably one of the one of the top 10 things that young people that I minister to, that you minister to, that all young people, no matter what part of the world they're in, they're going to struggle with that. You know, relationships while your friends are out here hooking up and doing this, you can't, you know, and that becomes an issue. And then, uh, and then I always, I always, uh, I, I like your story, James, um, uh, especially that time whenever Tara started coming around. Mm-hmm. And that always, that I like that part. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, shout out, shout out, right. I'm gonna go eat pizza with her later tonight and watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Frodo. Shout out Gandalf. Shout out Smeagol. No, just got real nerdy in here. Oh man, good. Nerds run the world. Um, But I find that story really interesting because uh, you know, Tara and I asked her one time about this. Like, Tara, do you have an upbringing in church, like a heavy one? And she's like, No. And it's like, how did that work out? Because it's not like, you know, like you're not just like some dude that just yeah. goes to church and, like, oh, yeah, you know, I go to church, you know, whatever. No, it's like your family <laughs> built the church. You, right. You, you, I'm sure there's like a brick with his name on the back side of it somewhere. <laughs> One day they're going to tear the building down. They're like, oh, James, this is enough. Coupon Ron's grandson. <laughs> it won't be a brick. Yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> On that, uh, uh, Pastor Bobby Cervantes told me one time. He said, "Hey, this is where we where, where we hit the time capsule, just in case we're all dead and gone, and you're still here. That's where we hit it." And I'm like, "Oh, Ooh, cool!" Yeah, Behind yeah, the paywall, we'll put that there. He's got yeah. keys to Pastor's Cadillac. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where. But anyway, um, so I always thought that that was super interesting because she is like coming into an entire. She might as well be in Mars, yeah. right? Because it's an entirely different. 
world that she's coming into. And we're not bringing her to like a Baptist church. You know, we're not like easing her in. No, no. we're going straight Pentecostal. W- wasn't uh, wasn't it a, uh, the convocation? Wasn't that one of I the think first was ones? first one, yeah. Oh, wow. Man, that's hey, like, if you're going to do it, that's when you dude, do it. That's you don't baptism by fire right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they stick around after that, you're good. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, Lily and Josh. I think her yeah. first time coming to, to Elam was during a convocation. Wow. See, let, let that be a lesson to y'all listening right now. If you're single and you want to get booed up, bring him to convocation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, Josh is Adam married him a, a church girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, she was uh, grew up Assembly of God. Luke, who you? Uh, who yeah, which, you uh, which who did I marry? Uh, the, you got a, you got your, you got a girlfriend right now? No, I do not. No. How many girls are you texting right now? Zero. As you can hey, see, none. Luke is a lot like James. He ain't got time for that. He, he likes his time. money. I'm in robotics. Let's let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna go watch. Uh, what do you call it? Later? I'm watching Lord of the Rings. Lord and I'm on the last one. Return <laughs> of the King, baby. I'm the about to destroy nerd. the ring. I'm the only non-nerd in here. Oh my gosh, it's not even that nerd. No, y'all you just nerds. know the movie. Anyways, anyway. y'all watch. Well, I haven't read Shout the out book. Smog. I don't read. Oh man! All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming out. I know that. Uh, I just want to thank both of y'all for just growing up to be great young men, and really, Adam. You know, he's always been one of those uh, big brothers. I remember one time, uh, Adam and and Josh were running out the front door, and I'm like, "Where y'all going?" And they were like, some kid down the street's picking on Kelby. I'm just like, y'all going to go beat him up? Or what? And they were just like, yes. I'm like, no. You know, they're all like 10, 8, you know, 6 or whatever. And I'm just like, so Adam's always been the big brother, you know, leading his little brothers. Uh, leading my time in love, but other times he's, you know, putting the hammer down on them and, and keeping, them in their, keep, keeping them in their spot, you know. And then uh, you know Luke is doing the same thing with Noah, so it's one of those one of those things that I'm proud to call you guys sons. And um, I'm not going to cry, so we're going to keep on going. Okay? <laughs> I'm uh, not crying; you're crying, right? But I love you guys. Thanks for coming in and stopping in with us. Hopefully, through y'all stories and through this podcast, there's going to be other people out there. Listen, it doesn't necessarily have to be PKs, but if your parents are, you know, in church and they're serving in Sunday school or they're serving in the parking lot ministry or whatever it may be and they're taking their time away from you guys and they're they're investing in god um get in there help them do the things that god has called you to do don't let the pressures of people around you no matter if it's in church in school at work um tell you who you are because you are who you are because god has made you exactly that amen amen all right we'll see you next time we love you Refuge Project.